songwriter and he could sing Bringing the money like raking the leaves Spring training is officially here Pitchers and catchers recording Wacky baseball news Real baseball news We got beefs We got agents calling out the media uh, We got people mad at Pablo Sandoval We got Jonas Cespedes' cars Chris, it's a good time man This is the Stew Pod I am Mike Oz And I am Chris Swick Lots happening man, how are you? I think that while some of the stuff that's happening is fun and entertaining, I think we just desperately need some baseball games to be played. See, I like the ridiculously entertaining <laughs> stuff, so I, I enjoy I the... Know. I might I be over it already. Show. I enjoy the sideshow, man. But yeah, first week of spring training for like whole squads pretty much. you know. So we're getting... There's a lot more news out there. There's a lot more players. This player said this, this player said that, this happened, that happened. And it's not news in the sense of, you know, trades and free agents, free, free agent stuff. It's more of, you know, the things people are talking about. And, you know, so it ranges from Pablo Sandoval's fat to everybody in Boston to, you know, David Ortiz wants standing ovation from the Yankees. Jonas Cespedes is driving with a new car every day. So there's all this, you know, kind of fun stories that come out this time of year. A lot of them, though, Chris, are ridiculous. There's a lot of ridiculous things that happen right now. You know, like Mookie Betts drove his golf cart into the into the um, pond at the golf course you know there's a lot of like silly stuff like that but today I think the the ridiculous story of the day is actually like real news and actually really interesting so I think we're going to spend a good portion of the day talking about that and that is Dexter Fowler your boy your man yeah I can't say that anyone really saw this coming and I don't know that I can remember anything like this happening before can you i i mean you know i'm sure in in the old days there was players who you know we you know deal fell apart and showed up somewhere else but definitely not with like the theatrics of what's happened this week with with dexter fowler and and even to back up to say you know with with the giovanni gallardo stuff happening where the orioles had agreed to a deal with him you know supposedly reportedly and there were some issues with the physical, and uh, you know they renegotiated that that deal down, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's the Dexter Fowler deal, and then that just kind of disappeared. So I mean, it's kind of a funky week for the Orioles. But then, like you said, you know, the whole the whole way this went down, um, to me, I don't think baseball. I think pro wrestling. To me, it was, you know, the person on WWE who all of a sudden shows up on WCW. Um, unexpected, like all of a sudden here's here's Dexter Fowler walking in next to, you know, Cubs Brass and, and people are shouting at him and everyone's excited and that that's what it seemed like to me. It seemed like pro wrestling. Well, I guess we should maybe briefly explain what happened since we didn't really do that. Back but it up, Chris. Good, good well, idea. Good idea. A few days ago, it was reported that Fowler had reached a three-year deal with the Orioles and so it was reported by more than one person. Numerous, so numerous seemed- folks. It had seemed like this was a completed deal and this was going to happen. And it wasn't uh, the case of some lesser known reporter trying to push a story out to make a name for themselves. I mean, these were pretty established people who you typically trust. Both both beat people and national people. So that, that's yes. a good, good note. And, and so, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and Orioles players just started talking about it, like like as if it was happening. Right, yeah, Adam Jones uh, gave an interview where he said he talked to Dexter Fowler, so that kind of complicates the whole thing, and I'm sure we'll get into that. But then what happened was, on Thursday, 
suddenly all the Cubs beat writers started tweeting out pictures and they started sending out, well, first off, pictures of Fowler at camp. And then about a minute later, suddenly, uh, I think Kerry Muscat of MLB.com tweeted, Fowler signed a one-year deal with the Cubs. And I think briefly, I guess I can, I feel like I can speak for both of us, but both of us were like, uh, what, (laughs) what just happened here? And I feel like a lot of people had that same reaction. And so I, I think we have an idea at this point what happened, but it, it still seems like there's a much bigger story that maybe we'll never hear about. Well, I, I think for the sake of a podcast, I think what we should do is break it down into a few different sections. Like, let's talk about the actual the actual news part of it and, and like the transaction. Then let's talk about the journalism involved. And let's talk about what, what has happened next in the sense that um, his agent, Casey Close, came out and just started blasting everybody you know, basically besides him and Dexter Fowler, you know, all these other people are doing horrible at their jobs. So there's kind of three elements there that I think are interesting and, and are worth discussing. So um, from a transaction standpoint, I mean, let's just let's just focus on that. The Orioles don't have Dexter Fowler anymore. Uh, he, he seemed like he was a guy who would help their lineup, you know, good a good top of the lineup guy, good outfielder. Uh, you know, not a superstar, but, but definitely a, a worthwhile player. And instead, he's going to the Cubs, where... They didn't necessarily need an outfielder, but, you know, hey, they, they have a really solid team. Uh, they, they can certainly use him, uh, help with some of the, the younger guys. I know you've made some comments about, um, you know, how, how this affects the Cubs, so I'll kind of let you chime in there if you want. Well, I, I feel like even before the signing, the Cubs were probably the best team in baseball, and so in my mind it's a case of the rich getting richer. Fowler is most certainly an upgrade over Jorge Soler at this point in Soler's career at least. And it certainly seems like the move will also allow Jason Hayward to move back to right field where he's an exceptional defensive player. It was assumed he was going to play a lot of center field. And um, people don't necessarily know how great of a center fielder he is, even though the, the numbers grade him out as exceptional and right. So I feel like from that standpoint, I, I don't know how you can look at that and and think that Fowler is not a tremendous upgrade for them. And Solaire, I, I think you know there's still a lot of upside there, and it's far too early to give up on him. And he'll probably, I mean, he'll definitely see some time uh, with with the team now. Although his at bats are are going to definitely be limited. So I feel like it's too early to give up on him, but but this team just is so solid all the way around. I really feel like they're the easily the best team in the majors on paper. It'd be great if they could just somehow make Kyle Schwarber a DH, right? Just like Well, I think the so the first games of the season I think are interleague and they'll have a DH available. There you go. Yeah. So to kick off the season you you're just gonna get this ridiculous Cubs lineup. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I mean obviously it helps them. How much, how much do we think it hurts the Orioles? I think, like, I wasn't high on the Orioles to begin with, and I wasn't high on them when they added Gallardo and Fowler. So uh, I, I think that Fowler would have made me think that they can compete a little more in a division where I don't really know what's going to happen. But, um, you know, taking him away also doesn't, to me, doom them because I wasn't expecting huge things either, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't know. That said, I guess having Gallardo and Fowler definitely makes them a better team. 
And I, I guess, you know, they're the one team I'm really struggling with as far as projecting. I know some of the early projections from like baseball perspectives and fan graphs had them around 72 wins. And I think I've, I've always kind of thought that was low anyway, and they're probably closer to that 80 win point. And I feel like adding those two guys makes it at least interesting in the AL East. Now, the, the biggest problem now is that the Orioles are giving up that first round pick for Gallardo, which a lot of people were hesitant to do in the first place. And the defense of that move at the time was, well, if they also get Fowler, this is a, you can deal with this. This is a little more palatable because they're actually going all in instead of just giving up a first round pick to marginally improve with Gallardo. So in that sense, I feel like it's a pretty big loss on their end. Yeah, yeah. But I, I guess my point was that I just wasn't I wasn't sold on I wasn't thinking, oh my god, they got Dexter Fowler, they're gonna they're gonna win. I mean they could still with or without him, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they finished literally anywhere in the division. Like it just sort of like you said, I, well, hard to figure out. I think that's the thing, is that the American League is just a hot mess right now. Yeah. There's I, I don't know, I mean there's what, the Astros? You you feel pretty good about the Astros being contenders, right? But then yeah. After that, you could make a plausible case for almost every single American League team. And so I feel like the Orioles, the Angels, and White Sox, they all kind of stand out to me as teams that really could have improved their playoff chances with Fowler. And now... My dog has some thoughts, man. Yeah, man. Your dog is not happy about this. (laughs) Your dog sounds like a disgruntled Angels fan right now. (laughs) Yeah, they're not. They're definitely not going to be involved in all this. But no, I I just... I feel like... uh, you know, uh, those teams could have seen a, a giant benefit from signing a guy like Fowler because it takes them from a fringe playoff contender to maybe something a little more certain. And now yeah. he just goes to the best team in baseball and he gives the Cubs a slightly better chance of winning the World Series. So I want to talk a little bit about what I said, like the journalism involved and kind of how this stuff happens because a lot of people don't necessarily know, you know, how kind of stories break and, and whatnot. I mean, they kind of have an idea, but mostly they just wait for you know, Ken Rosenthal or John Heyman or, or their local beat guys or whoever to kind of break the news. And, um, you know, maybe they don't necessarily understand sort of how those things go down. And, um, it, you know, to me, having seen kind of the shift in in journalism uh, in, the t- in, the, in the time that I've been doing it, Chris, you're a little bit younger than me, but I mean, I've been, you know, doing this for, for more than 10 years now. I mean, we, we've switched to a news cycle that is, you know, 24 hours a day. I mean, you know, in, in, in sports especially, in baseball especially, in, in sports transactions, probably more so than any other area um, in sports, you know, the, the signings, the trades, all that stuff. I mean, you know, if, if you're one of those insiders, I mean, you work all day whenever whenever there's something, right? So, you know, there is kind of this rush to be first. Um, but, you know, the information comes from somewhere. And so, so people you know, are probably going to give journalists a hard time for this because, you know, this, this thing got reported and it was wrong. Um, so I guess, first of all, I want to say like most of the time, you know, these stories, like people aren't going with them and just kind of guessing. I mean, you know, it's not like, Oh, well, I, I, you know, my mom saw Dexter Fowler in Baltimore at the grocery <laughs> store. So he must be signing with the Orioles. I mean, that's not how it works. You know, it, it's not just kind of picking the stuff out of thin air. Buying um, a ham, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, a couple off seasons ago, AJ Prasinski or something. Yeah, yeah, or... yeah. With the Braves, right? Someone saw him buying a ham in Atlanta. I know uh, then... it was Freddie Gonzalez, and Freddie Freddy... Gonzalez told him that, "Hey, we signed AJ Brzezinski." I think. I think that's what it was. Yeah. 
so they, that this wasn't that. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, this information when we're t- when when they post, hey, sources are saying this. I mean, it's it's really like one of three things, right? I mean, it's somebody from the team, it's it's an agent, um, or it's a player. I mean, those, those are those are sort of like where the information is coming from, right? I mean, one of those three things. So most of the time, you know, when when somebody's going with something, there's there's two sources, so they're probably hearing it twice from. From somebody, um, I mean, I guess for the the best failsafe, it would be nice if you're hearing it from the team and from the agent, right? I mean, that gives you the most consistent uh, truthfulness, um, and and that's how these things happen. But you know, I, I guess I wanted to to defend that, and I want to say that in this case, like, there was nothing about it that seemed sketchy. I mean, Chris, you and I during the off season, I mean, we look at these things, and and there's stories that come out, and we say, well, you don't know, I don't know that, I don't know if I trust that. Like, I, I need to, I need to hear. You know, from more reporters before before we write a yeah. post about that or before we tweet about it or whatever, and this one had all the markings of oh yeah that that's gonna happen. I mean that that sounds legit based on who was reporting it, how it was being reported, uh, the fact that it was being talked about for for so long, because um, because we didn't talk about this, the fact that there was like a week where you know it was basically just assumed that he was gonna end up there. They just kind of right. needed to, to figure everything out. So there was nothing about it from a journalism standpoint that made me think okay this is flimsy. Like it it sounded legit. Okay, well, here's here's my question for you, mm-hmm. because it's it seems like in this particular story that the leaks probably came from the team. Would you yeah. agree with that? Yeah, I mean, based on based on the part of this we haven't got to yet, which is uh, Dexter Fowler's agent was fuming, pissed off like later on, which we'll get to in the fallout section. So yeah, I'm gonna assume that. I mean, you know, it it, it could be. As something as uh, something as simple as um, you know, you mentioned the Adam Jones thing. You know, somebody from the team said it. Adam Jones says, "Oh yeah, I I, I talked to Dexter Fowler. It's you know, it's happening. You know, something like that." And you know, so it, it could go down that way. I mean, it's hard to say. You know, every every story obviously is sourced differently, and there's different people involved. But you know, there's no there's no sort of 100% factual way it goes down every single time. Um, but yeah, I mean, it it sounds like something like this, like it's gonna come from it's gonna come from the team. Yeah. So I guess what I've been wondering is what what's the benefit for the Orioles to to put that out there before it was completed, Un- unless you know they thought for sure it was completed and somehow or somewhere in there the whole thing got misunderstood. But is there any benefit to leaking it before it's officially done? Because I I know people, well, something in in the Casey Close thing that he kind of hints at is that the media is being used to somehow influence this signing, which I, I don't know that I personally understand. So yeah, well, I guess I'm hoping that you can shed some light on I mean, that. You're asking good questions. I mean, you always got to kind of like think, you know, whether it's you or just a regular person, like who has to gain from this, you know, like, so when you think about stuff involving money, I mean, who does that benefit? That, that usually makes the agent look good, right? So maybe if, if there's a big emphasis on money, maybe that's coming from the agent. Whereas, you know, this this wasn't. I mean, this. Yeah, I think we heard the money, but it was always kind of oh, three years, three years with the Orioles, three years from the Orioles. So, you know, I don't know what the what the benefit was for the club for the for the club. You know, I don't know that there was a big thing, especially when the Orioles have a reputation for kind of getting deals close to be done, quote unquote, and then seeing them fall apart. So I don't know unless unless the the appeal for it is some person somewhere who's like just gets off on being the source, 
you know, gets off on feeding people information. I mean, that, that's right. the best I got. I mean, and again, let's, let's keep in mind, like this is, I don't operate in this world. So if Jeff Fassen were here, he could probably tell you better than I could, or, you know, if we were talking to Rosenthal or Heyman or whatever. I mean, I'm just sort of, you know, educated guesses based on like how I, how I see these things happen. Um, but I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I agree with you. I don't see how all of a sudden, like it makes a lot of sense for the Orioles to leak this and, unless they're, you know, think they're trying to fend off other bidders. But in the case of Dexter Fowler, I mean, people could have signed him for months. So, you know, it's it's not one of those things where you're in the middle of a, a, you know, something just came on the market and you're trying to scare off other people. Like, anybody could have signed Dexter Fowler by now. That's true. I, I, I guess you bring up a good point, though. Like, the fact that Fowler wound up going back to the Cubs, maybe the Orioles had heard that the Cubs were making a last-second push and possibly, you know, tried to put this out there thinking that maybe Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer would just stop their pursuit of Fowler. I mean, I don't know. That's, I guess, That's this that's is all speculation. That's a good guess, too. I mean, it's all speculation. We're all just kind of yeah. guessing on what's going on. Um, I feel like we've, we've kind of teased the last part of this a couple, a couple times, so we should probably should just get to it, right? Yeah, let's the, do it. Uh, the, the statement from, from Casey Close, who is his agent and agent to numerous people, so not some... Not some one-off person. I mean, he's very well, um, very well known in baseball. I think uh, a lot of people may know him in the sense that, uh, or in, in dust-up senses, is that he was the agent for. Um, oh man, I'm forgetting his name. Who was the kid, the number one draft pick kid who then didn't sign with the Astros? Oh, Brady Aiken. Yeah, so he was Brady Aiken's agent. There, there was sort of a similar, um, uh, you know, kind of run in there with like the with him and the and the Astros and he kind of like you know accused the Astros of not being professional and you know that kind of stuff so you know I guess he has a history of of calling people out and whatnot but he released a you know rather scathing statement today um which is kind of funny because you know he's not exactly uh or you don't I guess you don't see agents who are not Scott Boris kind of showing up in the news that often right so so I mean, he, but but let's let's back up and also say like Casey Close is you know very well respected guy. I mean, he's his age, his clients include uh, or it used to be Derek Jeter, Clayton Kershaw, uh, Granky. I mean, you know, a lot lot of people. So it's not like again some some kind of one off guy. Um, but so that I think that makes it even more interesting what he said. Are, are you better at reading, uh, Chris, than I am? Like, do you want to read the whole thing? Should we do that? Uh, sure. We I feel do like that. I've been talking a lot. So if you want to, if you want to bust it out, man. Or at least you're putting me parts. on the spot, though. I got to find it now. Okay. No, I, I, I got it. it. I got you it. Got it. Okay. So, Casey Close issued the following statement, and here's what it says: In my 25 years in this business, never before have I witnessed such irresponsible behavior on so many fronts. Both the Orioles' front office and members of the media were so busy recklessly spreading rumors that they forgot or simply chose not to concern themselves with the truth. The Orioles' willful disregard of collectively bargained rules governing free agency and the media's eager complicity in helping the Orioles violate those rules are reprehensible. Dexter Fowler never reached agreement with the Orioles and did not come close to signing with the club. Any suggestion otherwise is only a continuation of an already disturbing trend. End statement. So to unpack a couple of things there, I think one. I mean, it's it's always fun to blame the media, right? I mean, it's easy. It's easy to say, <laughs> oh, the media's you know da 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 whatever. Which there's some of that. Um, I 
don't know Casey Close. I don't know, never dealt with him, anything like that. Um, so maybe he is the outlier here. Maybe he's the person who doesn't play the game of, of kind of agents feeding stories to journalists. Like, I don't know. Again, I'm not in that world. But I, I will say that what what happened here happens all the time. So so to act as if, like, it's this sort of irrehensible, or did I use the right word? Reprehensible? Know. There you go. Repre- I think I tried to say irresponsible Ir- and reprehensible. Irresponsible. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. that should be a word, though. <laughs> I, I was looking at the statement, and I was looking at irresponsible, and I meant to say reprehensible, and there we go. Anyway. Uh, so, so to act as if this is some sort of, you know, crazy thing that never happens before. I mean, it, it, it's, I don't know, this kind of stuff happens a lot. I mean, they're, they're, how many, how many big signings happen when a team announces it? They're pretty much always, you know, some reporter breaks it first, which means somebody's feeding them the information, which means that this, you know, quote unquote, already disturbing trend is not really a trend as much as it's the norm. So that was my take on it. Again, agents are, I think, pretty complicit in, in, at the very least, like, knowing how this world operates. You know, not to say that they're all, you know, part of it, but they all they all understand the game at this point. So, to me, I read that and I kind of rolled my eyes. Well, now I will once again ask, ask you to answer a question <laughs> that I cannot answer. So I will just throw it your way. But one of the bigger complaints I've seen with Close's statement from people is why didn't he say this two days ago yeah. or yesterday when this was still when everyone assumed that he was signing with the Orioles and I'm I'm not entirely sure how to answer that I guess do you have any theories as far as that's concerned? I, I would say that um, my theory is not going to be nice it's that when we get to a point where we have to say something the easiest thing is to blame the media right is to say well you know, all these all these people weren't doing their jobs, and that's why. And um, it, it's easier it's easier than than sort of saying like actually explaining what's going on. Like people people will ex- I think accept that, that oh the media the media messed it up. All right, well forget the media they they're always doing this stuff, and that's how most people were going to react, right? Because I, I retweeted the thing, and the first comment I got was oh bad week for the media. It's like really <laughs> like I, I don't think it was like I don't think I don't I'm not going to look at this and be like oh the media messed this up, like. I think teams and players and agents, I mean, they all kind of got, you know, some weirdness going on. And, yeah, the media was a part of it. But, I mean, if we're going to assign, like, who's the, who's the people who are to blame in this, like, I don't think it's far and away, you know, the media. Oh, this is this was just, what a day. <laughs> it was fun, though. Like I, I, like I said, man, I enjoy the pageantry of this kind of stuff. I enjoy, you know, just the... the um, the fact that this kind of stuff happens and it doesn't happen all the time. So seeing it and, and watching it unfold, I mean, it was a lot of fun because you, you see the news and you're like, oh man, I can't wait to hear what, what's going to happen from the Orioles. Like, what are the Orioles going to say about this? And I don't know, it's a lot more exciting than just a lot of the other stuff that happens in spring training. So good job, guys. Thanks for entertaining us. Yeah, I, sure. That's the way to, <laughs> that's the way to look at it. I'm, I'm still in shock about the whole thing. The, the sport of journalism, I guess, right? The sport of transactions. and I, You know what I think it goes to show, though? There's, there's a, I've said this for a while. There's a whole sector of baseball fans that care way more about this kind of stuff than they care about actual the games. You know, like like the hot stove season and all that, I think, is, a, is a, a lot of fun for them. And it goes to show, like, you know, these kind of things, you know, there, there's, there's all this kind of world and, and all this maneuvering and all these sort of, 
I don't know, business type stuff and, and backroom dealings and stuff that, you know, are constantly intriguing. And I think in baseball, it kind of happens that for so long, it's so drawn out and there's so much money involved and there's so many players. It just makes it really fun. And, um, you know, I, I think that in some ways, like, it is just as just as cool as the game sometimes. All right. I'm, I'm ready to move on. All right. Well, should we uh, should we move on and talk to Bad News Ramen? I think, I think it's time to do that. Let's do it. All right. This is the Stew Pod. We'll be back. I look like I've been balling because I'm really balling. I want to apologize. I'm not really sorry. They ask me if I'm lying. I say you really, really. I'm really on my mind. I say you really, really. I really, really. I believe. I made them believe. A lyrical songwriter and he could sing. We are back on the stew pod. It is time once again to rekindle my friendship with Bad News Ramen. It's been a couple weeks since he's been on the podcast, and our podcasts have been pretty uh, different. We've had interviews and stuff, so uh, Bad News Ramen, is is my pleasure to have you back, man. I've missed you. It's my pleasure to be here, and we, and we have to get right to it, because that's that's the MO that you gave me, so... I'm not even going to be entertained today, dude. So you can most people be, say you can be entertaining. Most people say I'm not entertaining anyways. You know, so oh, poor me. I'm I'm having a great day. By the we way, we just we just weren't going to have ten minutes of small talk before we recorded the podcast. That's what I'm telling you. We're, uh, we're going to do all I, of our small talk on the podcast. I, I don't call it small talk. I call it pillow talk, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and do this. Do uh, the strike I, three, man. Strike you ready three. for strike one? Strike one, yeah. Hit him strike with strike one. one. Oh, okay. So strike one, I tabled this one. This one's a little bit old, but, um, this was a, came out a couple weeks ago that, uh, the giants are going to have a statue of Gaylord Perry at AT&T ballpark. And, uh, I, I really find it funny that the giants seem to love just to, I mean, Gaylord Perry is a great player. Don't get me wrong, but I, I went there a couple times and I, they have like 55 statues of everybody. Right. I mean, it's like the, it's like that one kind of, uh, Chinese army where they have like a, a terracotta statue of like 5,500 people. That's pretty much what the Giants have. I think they have like Juan Marshall, uh, Willie Mays, and there's some really good players that have statues. Uh, but the biggest concern I have is like, if you ever looked at their their Hall of Fame or their Wall of Fame that they have, where they have guys like Richard Relia and J.T. Snow, I think Kurt Manwaring's on there. How the, yeah. heck do you, how the heck do you have a Hall of Fame of just like run-of-the-mill players, right? And it's just it further just goes to show like when the Giants do win the World Series this year because it's a uh, what is it it's a even year yeah. um, when they when they when they don't make the playoffs a year after that they you know they, they do a really good job of highlighting players that aren't that good at their stadium but when you're a world champion uh, how come you don't pump yourself up for that I mean if 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 you're gonna have guys of like Rich Aurelia um, I think they have like uh, Leonard as one of the guys there too Jeffrey and, Leonard yeah. Yeah, what do these call them, like the haymaker, or the hammerker, or the hammer, or whatever it is. But you're, you're thinking of Atlee Hammerker. You're thinking of that guy. I'm surprised Atlee the Hammer. Yeah. I'm surprised they don't have Rick Ruschel and Atlee Hammerker on their on their <laughs> Hall of Fame. But you're, you're doing you it the wrong love way. You right? the Giants, man. Well, it's it's just stupid. I mean, if, I always have to hear that the Giants complain about how they're not going to make the World Series. This and this is, and especially when they won. And it's like, dude, I'm like, you guys just won the World Series. Like, just say you're world champions. Walk around say you're world champions. This is kind of like, you know, like, you're, be like Phil Collins, right? Like, Phil Collins can walk around and go like, hey, man, I sang Susu Suya. What's up with you, right? <laughs> and I, I think I, I sang, like, tonight's the night, tonight, oh, oh, you know? It's like, what have you done in your life? So I think it's just it's, it's just kind of comical. I, I'm, I'm really interested to see who they're going to have a statue of 
next. And I'd probably, my bet's probably is going to be like Roger Craig or something like that. Cause they love Roger Craig. They do love um, Roger Craig. Yeah. Hum baby and all that stuff. They're going to have a statue of just hum baby, but it's, it's just, it's just bad. I mean, it's just kind of when you put out 5,500, statues of someone it, it kind of takes the effect of like really great players and i think that's what that uh that statue of gaylord perry is quickly becoming so hit him with strike two son strike two is uh the great david ortiz and uh he is asking the yankees fans yeah. to uh give him a standing ovation this is what i was waiting for i wanted well, i wanted your take I, I don't i don't know if like i don't think uh the red sox gave Derek jeter a standing ovation right they did why they did did, did they? Yeah. And, and, okay. And Rivera. Well, well yeah, but, but Rivera's just because they gave up all those home runs. You know, he gave up all those home runs and <laughs> uh, for, for that that series that never happened. I, people keep on telling me that, that 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 the Red Sox came back from uh, three games down, and I, I just don't remember it. So I, I, until I see it actually happen, I'm not going to believe that that actually happened. <laughs> um, but my whole thing is like, you know, with Dave Ortiz, is like, you know what? Yeah, you, you know what? You killed us in this, in this supposed series that I never saw. You killed us and you pounded us, and I'm supposed to stand up for that and go, "Yeah, dude, hey, thanks for killing us, and thank thank you for like destroying, you know, two chances that we had of winning two more World Series." But yeah, thanks thanks a lot for that. You know, I I don't get it. I, I think in the end, I think New York is going to do it, especially if you know if you give Derek Jeter a standing ovation. Um, I feel that you could, you should probably give David Ortiz a, a standing ovation. I have a ton of respect for David Ortiz, uh, not just because I'm a Yankees fan and he was a Red Sox, but uh, we, we went over this before uh, at the end of last year. And, uh, you know, this guy deserves a really great farewell tour. Uh, I think he's been a great ambassador to the game. And if we have to stand up and acknowledge that uh, he killed us with three home runs and uh, supposedly, like, came back. I, I, and people even tell me that they won the World Series that year. I don't remember that. <laughs> um, but if we have to give him a standing ovation for something that I've never even seen, uh, I'll give David Ortiz the benefit of the doubt for that. For anybody who doesn't get the reference, he, he refuses to admit that that, that World Series happened. Well, well, I, well, for anybody, for anybody they, who doesn't get the joke, they they canceled the World Series that year, right? There, yeah, there was no World Series. There, there was no there was no World Series that year. That's right. Yeah, it was like 2009 or yeah. 2000. I don't know. I don't know. It, all I know there was one year that Red Sox supposedly won, and uh, I, I never saw it happen. So yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't know what people are talking about. I, I think uh, I, I think it'll happen. I think that ultimately, as much as like baseball people want to be obsessed with everybody doing the right thing and being respectful and whatever, I think they'll do it. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to be mad at them if they don't like, don't cheer for the guy, whatever. I don't care. But I'll, I'll give him, I'll give him a standing ovation for his like. It was, it wasn't Viagra, but it was another type of commercial like <laughs> Here that. Here we go I'll, again. I'll, I'll give him a standing <laughs> ovation for that. And you know, when it when it's a special time at the ballpark, and uh, you want it, you need to do a standing ovation. Uh, David Ortiz and his Viagra knockoff is there for you. Wink. When, there we when go. You, when you need, uh, when you need everybody to stand up, be at attention. Be at attention, yeah. It's it stand up at a six o'clock salute, yeah, <laughs> or twelve o'clock salute, yeah, whatever. <laughs> twelve or six o'clock, same thing. <laughs> all right, what so is strike number three? Strike number three is all of this uh, great feel-good story of uh, Dexter Fowler coming back from the going back to the Cubs after what supposedly signing with uh, the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, and, I don't know how a feel-good story it is, but all right, let's see, let's see where you're going with this. Well, no, I'm, I'm not saying this. I, I, I mean, everybody, you know, I think this Dexter Fowler uh, wanted to be courted as a free agent. And there was some there was he was with this really good girl. And, uh, you know, she was she was decent looking. And then there was someone across the side like he was curious. So uh, he really went for the kind of the Baltimore Orioles. And then he realized that the Baltimore Orioles girl talked a lot of garbage, uh, wasn't respectful to his mama. And uh, so he decided to go back with the Cubs and. 
in typical kind of Cubs fashion, uh, you know, they're cheering for this guy going, oh, you know, hey, you know, he wants to be with us because we're the Cubs. Yeah, you know what? Congratulations, guys. You, you have a 250 hit, a 250 hitter. And, uh, you know, you should be jumping up and down for, for getting a hack like Dexter Fowler. Um, <laughs> and, and on top of that, you pay the guy $13 million because you, you pay him $13 million to, to hit 250, have uh, 17 home runs, and uh, pretty much be – uh, a guy that has a ton of hype but doesn't do anything. Yeah, that that's like typical Cub faction. We, we'll have to go with that too. And I saw the little video of him coming back, and you know people are are feigning that they're mad at him, but they're all jumping up and down, and and you know they start doing the the tootsie roll and stuff, you know, because he comes back, and you know they do the hokey pokey and all that stuff, and they're ready to do the hanky panky in, in the in the clubhouse. But yeah, it's a joke, dude. Dexter Fowler, you suck. You <laughs> Dexter Fowler, you suck. Hit two eighty five. Hit three hundred. Then you can come back to me, and, and, and I can start dancing on the tables and showing off what I can do. But until then, go stick it somewhere, and I don't want to see your stupid story anymore. <laughs> well, Chris, Chris and I spent a good a good time talking about Dexter Fowler, so I don't need to I don't need to rehash my arguments. But I will say, I like I like when you I like when you get mad and, and drop the truths, man. I like when you do it. All right, this is me happy. I'm having a great day. <laughs> you you do four a.m. starts for the past month, and this is this is what it ends up. So uh, good to be back. Uh, glad glad that you're back, and then. Uh, you know, we'll, I'll come over and, and we'll, we'll do the we'll do the waltz together. Step or the tango, yeah, the tango. Yeah. This has been three strikes with bad news, Robin. I'll uh, Chris and I will be back in a second with more We are back on the Stew Pod. Mike Oz and Chris Wick here with you. Thanks to Bad News Drama for joining us. Thanks to Dexter Fowler and Casey Close for giving us some entertainment today. Uh, Chris, let's. Uh, I, we haven't we haven't really had like a you and I kind of talking podcast in a while, right? So I feel like sure. we haven't we haven't done much like conversation about topics and stuff. So one that I think is out there that's important, like we haven't talked about the Kanye album, man. That's true. I think I think we may be um, well with any other artists. We might have been late, but Kanye just keeps it keeps it about Kanye so much that that everyone's still talking about him. It's still not available for download. <laughs> uh, you've heard it though, so what do you think? Uh, I enjoy it quite a bit. I feel like I am more impressed with it than you are, just based on some of our private conversations. Uh, but uh, no, I'm enjoying it. Um, I don't know that I that I have a stronger. I feel like you have the strong takes here. I don't know that I have strong takes so much. I, I mean, you know, I'm I'm. I obviously have a lot to say about Kanye. I mean, you know, he's he's. I would say probably an artist that I. I mean, I've seen him from, like back when he was just some dude with a couple songs out to, um, you know who he is today. So I've I've kind of seen the whole progression. So I have a lot to say about him, um, and I don't know. I just. I think he's kind of at his most like uh, grandiose at this point. You know, I mean, he's really kind of got into. I, I like I like Kanye when he's a when he's a maestro. I like sort of that. I'm gonna go connect all these different people together, and and you know, I think we saw that a lot probably two albums ago. Um, and I like that Kanye. I feel like there there's in this album there's a lot of excess in that. Like where sometimes I'm just like, yo man, you need you need somebody to tell you like. That that thing you're doing for a minute there, you only need 20 seconds of it. You, you know, like I feel like I can go through the album and and, and just like 
you know, I can pick like 10 or 15 things I just don't like and we pull those out and it'll be a lot better. But, I mean, I like it. There's a lot of songs I really like. Uh, there's some stuff that I'm like, yeah, I don't know. But um, that's what happens, I think, when you, you know, try to do things differently and try to do things, you know, kind of um, on, on a whole different plane than most than most people. And I'll take that over, you know, somebody just kind of doing like, you know, 12 versions of the, of the same kind of song, which is what a lot of rappers do. Well, I feel like that's part of the danger in releasing an 18-song album is that, I don't know, that there aren't many 18-song albums I think are perfect. I feel like if he had edited himself to 10, 10, for example, of course I can't speak now, but 10, for example, you'd have probably something a little more polished. And But of course that's that's not, I don't know, that's just not what he's doing right now. And it's... It's hard to get into his, uh, his head at this point. It's based on kind of all the crazy rants lately and how he's decided to pick this album out. The fact that it's not even out yet and he just continues kind of saying, I'm working on this and it just seems like, I don't know, it's never going to be done. Apologies to all the noise happening outside of my office today. Uh, it like the, uh, like the Kanye album, things are a little rough these days, right? Um, oh, taking shots. You're just taking shots. <laughs> no, I mean, like, 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 you know, there, there's, there's the initial leak had, uh, like some songs that weren't finished, you know, like kind of like that. Like, g- give me the, give me the finished version of Wolves, man, which I think is out there now. But, um, if, uh, if, if, if the Kanye album was a baseball team, Chris, which team would it be? It would be, oh, that's a tough question. The Dodgers. That's a good answer. That's, yeah. That might be what I was going to say. Pretty talented team. Got got some things to figure out though. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um. Yeah, like like that that's actually probably it. Like you have, you have, uh, you know, twelve front office guys. I mean, you really only need three. But hey, let's let's do it big, right? You got Yasiel Puig. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's all you need. That 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 that's the answer. You win. Well, I feel good about this now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I think we're done here. Uh, we'll be back next week with more stew pods um, and, and possibly just some random stew pods we might want to do. So, so keep an eye on that. Uh, subscribe on iTunes if you're not already a subscriber. And uh, go on iTunes and do the other thing, Chris. What is that? Uh, rate, rate, and rate and review. That's right. And the cool thing I noticed is that we at least we have reached the minimum amount of ratings that we actually have a little star we have like the official iTunes rating at this point. Nice. You can look at the stew pod and see how many stars we have. And I think since the last time we did this, we, we got another review as well. So Ooh. that's pretty awesome. Thanks for doing that, whoever did it. And thanks keep for rating us. And yeah, keep it going. We, uh, I, I feel like while I can't explain how, I feel like this definitely helps the podcast. So if you're a fan, uh, please do that and help us out. Cool. Thank you guys for listening. This has been the Stew Pod. We will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.